0: Hola, hola, mi gente. Espero que se encuentren bien desde donde nos escuchen. Hello, everyone. I hope all is well from wherever you're listening. Muchas gracias por todo el amor y el soporte de los aprecio mucho. Thank you. To all my listeners, for all the love and support, I appreciate all of you very much. Today we're going to do things very organic. Vamos a hacer orgánicos el día de hoy. We're just here for conversation. Estoy aquí con un amigo para tener una conversación simple. Today's episode will take place with my friend, Anthony San Miguel. are we friends? We're friends, huh? I think we're I friends. I think so, yeah. Sure. <laughs> and we're just here for chit-chat. Hoy la plática de hoy será con mi amigo, Anthony San Miguel. Que no habla español, pero yo les voy a explicar lo que él está contando. Um, y solo estamos aquí para una plática. Este episodio va a ser un poquito diferente. Um, vamos a hablar un poquito de la vida. Um, so, vamos a empezar esta conversación con Anthony. Primero les voy a empezar a decir cómo conocí a Anthony. First, I'm gonna start telling you guys how I met Anthony. So, I was actually Just with sorry. my friend Leslie. If she's listening, hey girl. Um, and we, I had just moved to San Diego. It was my first literally month there. I had moved July 1st and I'm kind of a introvert sometimes. So, um, I just kind of like hang out at home and do my thing. And she's like, let's go out and like show you San Diego. So I was mm-hmm. like, all right, fine. So we went out and we were, at a social gathering, we'll call it. Yes, yes, Um, And we met Anthony and his friend Landon, and there was a couple other people there. But just like any other setting, we just said hello, interacted for a little bit, exchanged social medias, which is what they're doing nowadays. We were grooving. Yeah. And that was it. We never really held, like, a conversation. Um, it was just like, hey, what's up? And then as we got to kind of know each other through Instagram, I started to see that I had, like, a lot of things in common with Anthony, which was mm-hmm. super weird to me. And I just saw, like, the kind of mind he had, the by just, just by his posts, like, the things he would put out there. And I was like, dude, this dude had, like, super cool, super inspiring... Some of the stuff he puts out there just really makes you think, and that's why I was like, hey, you should be on my show. So, un poquito de como conocía Anthony, acababa de moverme a San Diego, tenía menos de un mes allí, y mi amiga me invitó a salir. Y, pues, a veces me gusta quedarme en la casa, no me gusta hacer nada, soy persona de hogar, pero sí me gusta divertirme, enc- me encanta bailar. Entonces dije, ok, pues vamos, salimos a conocer San Diego y conocimos a Anthony y a su amigo Landon y a otras amistades de ellos. Y claro, como en el mundo de hoy, nomás cambiamos información de Instagram y nada, nada de plática, nomás nombre y es todo. Después de que pasó el tiempo, empecé a conocer a Anthony en Instagram y empecé a mirar que... So why don't you say hi Anthony and hello, tell hello. us a little bit about yourself.
1: That is honestly really cool for you to say both things in English and Spanish. That's a that's a talent for sure.
0: Thank you, thank you, um, you. But
1: yes, I was in San Diego. Um, not originally from there, but lived there. And Landon, that you mentioned, is a super, super good friend of mine. Um, we both spent time in the military while I was out there. That's why, that's what moved me to San Diego in the first place. And then later, us getting to know each other, we realized that we were from the same hood. Um, 626, right? Shout out. Yes. <laughs> um, which is awesome to know because it was more of, Um, The connection was like an energy, it was an aura, it was a vibe, and it kind of just drew us to be cordial and say, what's up? And we were both feeling the music, and we could tell a lot of times when, um, I think the roots or like the history of some tracks that would play, the vibe got stronger. (laughs) Yeah, we were all
0: having a good (laughs) time.
1: Old school vibes, um, always, but um, I am still, at this point, foreign to San Diego. So it's still like a trek for me. So it's, a, it's eventful for me to be out there now at this point, but it's very nostalgic. Right? I have a lot of really, really good memories in San Diego. So being out there, I am already on cloud nine because of that nostalgia and because of that um, aura that it brings from the past. But of course, you know, you're around good energy and good friends, which Landon really, um, really is. Um, it was a blessing to have been able to experience all of that and, of course, meet you. Um, but dope introduction. <laughs> I appreciate it. There's so much about me. So um, in regards to where to start, that would be a big feat. Um, so help me. Like, where is it that I would even start? Because I wouldn't want to bore the, the audience with my um, adolescence.
0: We could never be bored with <laughs> what you're going to tell us. Trust me, guys. Confian in me, um, he posts some pretty dope shit. So I wouldn't have him on that's this um, Ay, that's what's up. realm if he was boring. But um, okay, so you were in the navy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How'd you get there? Tell us a what little bit a about thing. that, or why'd you choose that? I think everyone always like
1: that is a very goes through question. things
0: and then decides sure. what they want to do. So
1: yeah, um, it really came because I didn't have anywhere else to go, um, straightforward. Um, I had just graduated. I wasn't even living with my parents at the time. I was living in a friend's of the family who accepted me into their home when I was a junior in high school. And once graduation came, I had two sisters as well who were now in the care of my aunties and sometimes my grandma. And I was like, well where am I going to go, you know? And to some degree, it was, I didn't want to necessarily work the the nine-to-five or the fast food restaurant and put myself through college. I wasn't the best student, so I wasn't completely and fully inspired to jump into college. Um, so that helped, um, but ultimately, I didn't have anywhere to go. I had always thought about the Marines, and then it just so happened, you know how Asians, they live in... There are a lot of Asians, even Mexicans, too. um, But a lot of them live under the same household, right? So Mm -hmm. you got your aunties, your cousins, your uncles, the grandparents, right? And so a gentleman next door. We stick together. We stick together. (laughs) That's how we, you know. Um, A gentleman next door moved in to his family's house, and he was a Navy recruiter. And he was like, why do you want to go to the Marines? You want to get shot? You want to get shot at, bro? Um, and I was like, nah, I, you know, 17 years old. Nah, heck no, I don't. He was like, go to the Navy. And it seemed like a no-brainer because I was already leaning towards that, um, going to that direction. And I love the ocean. I grew up going to the beach, boogie boarding and body surfing. He was like, you'll get to travel more than any other branch, which did become to be true. And it still is true that the Navy travels the most. Um, but I had lost my mom. At 16 so which is why and what led my sisters to be with my aunts um, as well as my grandma and my dad was just never there um, in and out of jail my whole life so my mom was uh, up until 16 was when I lost her she was actually shot and killed um, on the freeway to what they say road rage um, but I don't I don't buy it because there's not many people who have true road rage at two three in the morning. Um, that's a whole another story. But I needed some type of direction. I needed some type of um, awakening, and I was drawn to uh, the military. And uh, ultimately, it became a good a good path for me.
0: Wow. Thank you so much Said
1: for lot, huh? sharing that after. with us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Do you mind if I say a little bit in Spanish?
1: Of course
0: not. So Anthony, um, le pregunté a Anthony que, um, como decidió, porque explicó como conocía de San Diego y el amigo con el que lo conocí y dijo que él estaba en la Navy. So empecé la conversación preguntándole que por qué él decidió ir a la Navy y, um, Es muchos detalles personales, pero les voy a dar un poquito de lo que nos dijo. Um, dijo que a los 16 años perdió a su mamá, um, su mamá que fue asesinada. Y después de eso, él necesitaba pues algo que lo dirigiera, algo que se significara algo para él. Entonces, um, él estaba pensando irse a los Marines, pero conoció a un muchacho que le explicó que era mejor la idea irse a la Navy. Um, le explicó por qué y él ya decidió irse para allá y pensó que um, era la mejor decisión que podía haber sido para su vida en estos momentos donde él se sentía un poquito perdido o no tenía tanta dirigión. Y dice que ha sido una de las mejores decisiones que ha hecho um, porque fue algo muy bueno para él. Entonces... So. Mm. There it is. <laughs> I know. It's always when you don't see Spanish, you're like, what is she no, saying I, about I, me? I got
1: all that. Okay. I got all that, for sure. So we're on the same, same track. Right all
0: now. right. Cool. <laughs> so, well, first of all, thank you so much for being open Thanks and sharing that with me. us. Um, I th- This is why I like Anthony, y'all. Like, mm-hmm. he really just gets real. And so that was not only touching, but it... It says something for listeners, right? Because we're all a little lost sometimes, whether it was at 16 or in our late 20s or mid-20s or whatever age. We go through things in our life and and sometimes we we do feel like, what is there to do? What am I going to do? And you made a decision that you felt was best for you, maybe even for your family, um, because you wanted see what you would get out of it and it sounds
1: like it was a good decision for you to go it was it was a sacrifice ultimately and i wanted to some extent and i'm actually surprised looking back and being present right now in this moment thinking back to what i'm even talking about it was a sacrifice in that moment that i didn't even realize but it was me being selfless in that whole event for my sisters right? I guess the, the manhood of it or the fatherhood figure of it was like, let me make sure that they're taken care of. Let me remove myself from the equation so that way now I'm one less mouth to feed or one less body to clothe um, because I, I was young, you know? But at the same time, at 18, depending on which decade we're from, right, that's definitely deemed an adult. But now, as we know, There's adults who are 35 who are in struggle mode, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, myself included. There's always trials and tribulations, and that's probably one of the biggest ones that um, has had the most impact. But it's also one of the most significant that has allowed me to um, maybe steamroll some of the BS that comes up now, right, which is um, powerful to say. Um, but I guess after that, you know, which led me to the Navy, which was a, a overwhelming experience overall. But it was profound because there were so many senses being engaged. Um, whether it was loneliness, um, physical endurance, or just a adding to the equation of being lonely, which is something that I have kind of felt even during my upbringing because I have a single mother. Um, that I was raised by who is working, you know, nine to five, and then some, right? And then a a fatherless uh, child who was in and out of prison that what my mom tried to hold on to, you know, a relationship with. So I was receiving letters and things like that, and it was affecting me in such a way as to where I was somewhat of a troublemaker when I was young. Um, because I wanted to emulate the only real father figure that I knew that was close to me. Um, main reason why he was even in jail and in and out of jail in the first place was because of gang. Um, gang culture, gang lifestyle. So I was raised in that. And my mom's was was his rider, you know? Um, so it's like a lot of those... Um, You know, Art LeBeau dedications lifestyle that I lived. Art LeBeau, oh my gosh. (laughs) You
0: went there. You went there, y'all. But
1: but those dedications are real. Yeah. People are trying to hold on to something that's real or at least the only thing that they know even feels somewhat comforting. You know, they're trying to hold on to it. And in any way, shape, or form, we all can go back to music and say, yo, that speaks to me. Mm -hmm. Or, yo, I feel that. It's like a universal language.
0: That's true.
1: Which is what introduced us in the first place, was wanting to be in an environment that had some type of uplifting experience in music to get us out of our element. That's true. Which is dope.
0: And everybody that knows me knows I love (laughs) to dance, so... I dance everywhere, literally. Like, I'll hear a song at the store, and I'm like, and my sister or somebody that's with me, they'll be like, what? Why are you dancing right now? I'm like, oh, awkward. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Wow. Art you went there. That's so funny. Now I'm, like, thinking back, hearing all those dedications, like, in between songs, Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, they're about to play that one. (laughs) Because you hear it in the dedication.
1: And growing up to those oldies, you know, that – I didn't really know how strong and how powerful those lyrics are, you know? But it kind of goes back to the one feeling and the emotion that we all crave and and are, are held to fundamentally is love, which is crazy. And I, I don't know how far deep we can go into this. I'm sure very, but we all craved it and we all wanted it and, And that's like, that's music from the 60s, from the 50s. And so that's our our relation to our our history, to our um, ancestors is, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to relate to them through through music, which is, I mean, I could go on and on about music and how it's shaped shifted and shaped me um, into who I am, whether it be hip hop or rock and roll. Not to segue this into a whole music podcast, yeah. but um
0: But it does influence our lives in one way or the other. Um when you were talking about like love and it being something that we all kind of crave and tying it to music, I was actually thinking about how today's music tries to idolize not to love. Mm. And to kind of be very like, yeah, cold mm-hmm. and single is cool. Not yeah. that it isn't, but just like you don't need love, kind of thing. And and that's why it took me back because I'm like, I wonder what's changed, or why we've had this different mentality. Because and there's this song mm-hmm. with J Cole, <laughs> right? At, I know you're into J Cole too, but where right. he says um, that we don't sing about love no more,
1: right, right. And there's, I, I forget which one it is, about.
0: but yeah, he's like, we don't sing about that no more, and it's true, we don't. We're trying to kind of like give off this vibe that you should be—I don't want to say cold, but maybe like closed off, and that's how you don't yeah. get hurt, and or suppress that's how it. you like protect right? yourself. Protect yeah,
1: it, suppress it. Um, that's real. I think, I don't know exactly what he says, but I think he um, talks a little about to the window, to the wall, right? Where it's just no feelings based, shut it all out. You don't have to feel right now. Let's just have a good time. But a lot of times, that taking ourselves out of not feeling is really just numbing something that we're supposed to uncover in the first place.
0: Because you cannot feel feel
1: right like that's right. so
0: impossible right. i always laugh when people are like i'm cold-hearted i don't got no feelings i'm like uh yeah you do they're in there i know you're trying to cover <laughs> them but they're there For real. it's just in our nature to feel so yeah. that's not possible at least not as human beings um even as animals like dogs cry and mm-hmm. they feel right mm-hmm. you hear all those stories where like Owner dies, and then the dog like won't leave the grave because that's where the last are left. Oh off yeah, I've like seen that. that.
1: I've seen that. You know, even uh, stories of you know German shepherds wanting to stick by a casket of a marine who mm-hmm. has seen battle. You know, together to where i um, that that dog is just not leaving that side because it knows that you know his owner is there. So. Um, yeah, we, I think we tend to mask it, um, and especially even men, we tend to ma- mask that um, masculinity, you know, because it's um, deemed weak um, in society or in cult- certain cultures, you know, where f- you're not allowed to have feelings, buck up, tuck that chin, tuck that lip, and keep it pushing. Mm-hmm. And I was raised some, somewhat like that. You know where I was like, even though I was raised by one woman with two sisters, I was still told, you know, maybe because I was I grew up in a sports environment, um, I was very athletic, but that was how I was brought up. Where, where big boys don't cry, you know. So even at an early age, we're taught to suppress those feelings when really. You know, we should keep them close and uncover them opposed to just suppress them and tuck them down further and further and further. And the more you tuck them, it's like a cannon. You know, the bigger the explosion.
0: You're a volcano ready to erupt, for sure. That took me back a little bit. So I also grew up with a single mom. Um, My biological father was never in the picture. My stepdad was for a couple years until he got deported. But my mom raised us like that, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people, like, when I tell them that, they're like, what? Like, it's kind of crazy coming from a woman, but my mom would always be like, you don't cry, and toughen up, and if it ever came to anything to do with men or boys, because she was probably bitter from her relationships, unfortunately, not working out with these men. Right. Um. But she would be like, Oh, you make sure you always have yours and never show anyone, especially a man, that you're hurt. And she'd mm. make little comments like, Make sure that, like, if the car, you know, if you guys are sharing some kind of car, you own it. If you're sharing the house, your name is on it, like, so that you can show the door and it's not you getting kicked right. out. Right. And I literally used to be younger and be like, Yo, she is so bitter. Like, mm. what? But as I got older, I, I started to see that it was just like her, her and her experiences and her being left with me before she met my stepdad. Is she first generation without a home. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. No,
0: I'm first generation. She was okay. born in Mexico.
1: Right, right. Yeah. I'm sure that whole experience led her to her, her toughness and her thick mm-hmm. skin as well.:
0: Yeah, I know, I, I know really it imagine. definitely did because yeah. she lived through some stuff. Um, but I didn't understand that when I was younger. And then as I got older, I'm like, this is the hurt. Like, this is really her experience. She's not, she's not being this bitter person that's like, oh, all men are horrible. But it was her sort of protecting me and like looking out for me, like make sure you have yourself and you're able to take care of yourself because I went through some times where I got kicked out into the street with the child or right. you know, I was abandoned or I was left to deal with things on my own. So I wouldn't want that to happen to you guys. But she didn't preach it that way because that would be showing her weakness and vulnerability. Right. So it was right. more like, yo, toughen up kind of thing, we all do it and be I, like your mom, strong and
1: Right. And I think one thing that I'm barely, you know, I'm thirty years old. You know, barely coming to understand is vulnerability is a strength. But mm-hmm. back then it was it was seen as a weakness. You know, if you're vulnerable, you're exposed and when you're exposed your enemy can find you. You know, but when you truly expose that vulnerability and you're able to identify yourself within yourself, now you're content within your who it is that you are and what what it is that you want to become to where your, your enemy can't use it against you because you've already come to terms with it and you've identified it, you've exposed it, and you've let it out because you've, you've aired out your dirty laundry and we all have it. You know. And I think mm-hmm. when we come to terms with everybody has their dirty laundry and we're less likely to care about our own vulnerabilities because we know and we understand that everybody has them, we'll be a lot more in unison with one another, but that's where I think a lot of that music comes to play is we want to hide. We want to hide and we want to mask it, but then it takes you know, certain idols or real people to write lyrics about it that we truly feel that come around once a, once a decade or once a generation And that's why they blow up the way they do because they're able to embody all that we feel in three, three and a half minutes, Mm -hmm. right? And that's why they blow up because it's like, yo, like I'm exposing the real. That's why, you know, people like Tupac was so controversial in his time because he was talking about a 15-year-old having a baby and getting kicked out on the street. You know, and that's the exact version of what my mom was. She was sixteen with a with a brand new baby boy, way too big for her to even hold <laughs> with no with no father figure. And he was in he was in the prison system. And it's like, yo, you know, all this stuff is is way too real.
0: And relatable. And I think that's how we find connections, right? We're not always willing to be vulnerable to others or admit the pain and things we're going through but we're able to relate in other ways especially music you know if you find a song that speaks of your life then that alone is a way to relate especially for those that aren't really comfortable speaking about whatever Mm -hmm. it is they're going through yet
1: yeah no i I i definitely completely agree that's why when we When we find a dope track, we're we're quick to click that share because we can't always put into words what it is that we feel, so we allow things like that to speak for us. I think that's a really powerful tool to express ourselves. Like, you know, whether you've gone through through a breakup or going back to our art lebeau dedication where it's like (laughs) you know, I can't I'm heartbroken, but I don't want to tell you I'm heartbroken, but here, listen to this song by Sade, you know, because she speaks it all too well, you know. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, I don't know why I keep going back to music. I guess it's just been a big big tool that I've used to overcome a lot of my um, pain and transgressions to uplift me because of that relatability, you know, but also within the connections of one another by sharing a story, and being like yo like you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You know? And it goes back to what I was saying about stop hiding from what your vulnerabilities because the person you could throw a rock, you know, within a crowd and I can guarantee there's somebody who has something either similar or has something a little bit more profound than what you're even going through. Yeah. You know, and I've heard it say where you know, throw all your problems in a hat. Fold a piece of paper, write it on a piece of paper, fold it, in, put it in a hat. And I guarantee you're not going to want to draw somebody else's problems. Mm-hmm. You know they're all made for for us, right? And um, God has a plan, and all those things we're supposed to endure to write our story. I guess right, some somewhat of our story. Um, however it is, you know, your followers' um, faith is or believers, but you know I believe. And um I feel like a lot of what we're talking about is even even stems from what our parents were taught you know in the in the Catholic Church or the um, traditional way of thinking
0: mm-hmm. mind blown <laughs> 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 that I forgot to <laughs> Tell and share in Spanish. Um, But the conversation is just so good in English. ¿Qué les digo? No sé qué decirles. Um, Creí que esta iba a ser una conversación que yo podría escuchar y luego cambiarlo a lo español y explicarles lo que está diciendo Anthony. Pero no voy a tratar de hacer eso. Y la razón es que no quiero quitarle el valor a sus palabras de él. Um, pero estamos hablando un poquito de la vida um, de como nos conectamos con nuestro dolor y nuestras experiencias a la música que muchas veces de nosotros no más queremos sentirnos amados queremos sentirnos incluidos y que a veces las los ópticos de la, de la vida la, el estrés las cosas que hemos vivido en nuestras vidas um, es Difícil, es difícil para cargarlo, pero nos conectamos de maneras de, en, en otras cosas. A veces es difícil cargar las cosas y explicar a la gente qué es el dolor y lo que uno está sintiendo, pero conectamos hacia la música, nos conectamos con historias de otras personas. Um, Anthony dijo, si pusieras todos tus problemas en un, gor- en un gorro, lo escribieras en un pedacito de papel y lo pusieras en un gorro, que idealmente no vas a querer los problemas de otra persona. Y es porque cada quien ex, tiene una experiencia misma por, ello, por lo que ellos deben de vivir, porque es parte de nuestra historia y de lo que, lo que Dios o en la cualquier persona que ustedes crean a el universo ha pedido para nosotros, ha decidido para nosotros, para que nosotros podamos experimentar con lo que tenemos que vivir y crecer de eso y convertirnos en las personas que debemos de ser y que cualquier destino que es para nosotros um, corre de todo eso que hemos vivido. Um, so, ahí les doy un poquito en español lo que él ha explicado, pero claro, no palabra Ay. por palabra, porque nos dijo mucho, pero es, es muy significado que no quiero quitarle el valor a lo que él ha dicho. So, um,
1: I am fascinated. I have to say I'm fascinated by your ability to summarize that. Not only are you present in the conversation and you're providing, you know, things that were are supposed to kind of carry us along and kick the ball down, down the field, but then stop and summarize it and switch up the language. Like, isn't that's, I'm, I know your listeners got to be able to love that for sure. So that says a lot.
0: I do hope so. I really do hope so. Um, I'm I'm really big on representation. Representation in our community and that's why I feel it's important to do both languages. Not only because I Mm -hmm. have the ability as a bilingual individual but because the same things that means so much to those of us who speak English are the same things that those of us or 100%. those that don't speak English are wondering about and
1: Absolutely.
0: questioning about. But I did say in Spanish that I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> translate by any means every word that you said because it would just kind of take away sort of value mm-hmm. from everything that you said. But I think that they're listening, they know. And most of our listeners, you know, they... Well, they so. understand a little bit of English so, so they got it. Um so that's another thing that you and I have in common and um stop me if you don't want to go there but sure. both of our parents have both of our moms have passed away. Right. Um for me it was definitely one of the hardest times of my life but yet one of the most impactful things in my life where It's not that I don't think I'd be where I'm at today if she was here, but I know that her not being here um, is sort of a push. I feel like she's giving me this push from wherever she is to be even stronger and to take on things. So I'm wondering a little bit because I have two little brothers that I raised at like age 23 and it was the most hardest thing I've ever dealt with. If I ever have children someday, I hope they're (laughs) not boys. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I actually love boys, but it it was difficult. It was difficult for me to deal with just their grief and their pain. And it looks a different, a little different for a male going back to what we were saying about how like we're if, we're, if I was told to toughen up, I know they were told to toughen right. up and you don't cry and you're a boy and you gotta be the man kind of thing.
1: Right.
0: Um, I actually remember a conversation when my mom was close to her last days and she's like in bed and my brother went in there and she gave him a talk. Like she had given most of us, but this is a 10-year-old, almost 11-year-old boy and she's mm-hmm. telling him how he has to be the man of the house right. um, because my brother who's my other brother who's a little older than him wasn't always present to say the least um and so she was telling him like you know um you gotta be the man of the house and help your sister out and as soon as you're you know you're able to get a job you gotta help out and of course he sat there and he agreed and all this stuff Mm -hmm. but I remember listening to that conversation thinking like you're putting so much pressure without meaning to right she was just trying to prepare us but without meaning too, she was putting so much pressure on this boy to like be a man grow And up. here he was 10, eleven years old, not understanding what was gonna come his way, not really knowing probably the way of the whole death process and grief. It was just like he knew death was part of life, but didn't understand the whole grief process and what was right. about to take place. Um, so they went through a lot, but him, I've seen him kind of grow up sort of... Um, suppressing his pain in a way because he I feel that he has wanted to keep this like need to be a man promise he made to his dying mom right. um so I thought about them when i when i when I've thought about you or in the conversation sure. um and so I'm wondering if you'd be willing to go a little bit into your grief because you lost your mom. And then I think it was probably like maybe two years or less that mm-hmm. you went into the navy. Was right. was that right. kind of a a way to just suppress it and and continue, or were you able to even grieve as you became an right. adult? Right,
1: that's that's actually a, a really good question, and I honestly don't think I've ever been asked that way, especially because you can relate. You know, so it's rare people will ask, but it's rare that they ask because yo, like I feel you, you know, and then really feel you. <laughs> um but I think that um pressure, you know, you you spoke a lot about your mom, you know, instilling this message that you're this young boy had to carry I I think of it as a double-edged sword to some degree right yeah it could be a a detriment to enable this um, child to be a child but it also can refurbish a, a diamond right you know obviously you know coal and great pressure is you know what creates diamonds but that grievance period was insane and something that is really popping up as I'm talking about it and thinking about it as you ask. Um, a week after um, my mom had passed away, I was well within um, my basketball season, right? And I basketball was what got me through the trials and tribulations of growing up in Section 8 housing, right? So I took to sports to... Um, not feel the reality of not having a dad or not feel the reality of growing up, not being able to go out to eat or purchase a a nice piece of clothing, right? It was, it was triple A's and pro clubs for me, right? And as I know, I'm sure some of you, you know, your peoples can relate to that, um, but I went to practice a week later, basketball practice, and my coach came, came up to me. And this was right after one of my teammates asked, where were you the past two practices? And I told him, I was like, yo, my mom died. And his reaction was so shocked, so yeah, right, so get the F out of here, you're lying. And then my coach shortly coming up after me, he was like, yo, you don't have to be here. you know. And I very much understood that I didn't have to be there, and that I could allow this grievance process to take its course how it's supposed to. And, you know, I guess I got blessed with a teacher who understood grief to some degree. And this is junior in high school. She gave me a little pamphlet. She was like, hey, here's this Starbucks bag. And, you know, when you grow up in poverty, you don't freaking get Starbucks. So she was like, here's this Starbucks bag with a sandwich and a little snack and then a card and a little like, you know, 15 page pamphlet that said the different stages of grief. And I was like, wow, like I didn't even know what grief was. Mm -hmm. Right. I never suffered a loss this significant, or this severe. But I told my coach, I was like, nah, this is how this is how I fight. Right. This is how I this is all that I know. Right so if, if you take basketball away from me you you're going to continue to take even more away. Mm-hmm. So that's why I knew that that I had to be there. Um, and it's crazy because a lot of times in our role as big bro big sis you know we we exclude ourselves from some of this grievance because we're too focused on what our are close, what we're in close proximity with in our siblings of what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And we numb us to ensure that they're good, right? But then take it a step further, this is kind of what created somewhat of a separation between myself and my siblings because they had already felt that sense of abandonment. Right? Not only was my pops never there, we lost my moms to what I what I spoke about is a Unheard of reason, you know. I mean, I don't share this too often, or I don't tell people this too often to tell them how they're supposed to feel. And everybody who has hurt is hurt, like, there's no levels to this hurt shit, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm like, yo, like, my mom died because she got shot, you know what I'm saying? And like, a lot of these other people's, um, parents pass because of, a, of an illness or um, some um, lineage in the family of what they, you know, experience disease-wise to where you can somewhat come to terms. But when you never uncover who the killer is, right, you never go, go to court and say, it was him, point him out in a lineup, put that mf to to rest. When you never have that, that Closure, closure, that gratification, Um, and then me leaving, right? It was like, not only did I not feel that grievance ultimately because I learned how to mask it right, but I also made sure that my sisters were good by sacrificing myself by leaving, but it also created a new gap because now not only was there only father figure role abandoning them now he was leaving the state now he mm-hmm. was leaving the country now he's going to to a war zone holy shit bro like why are you doing this to us you can possibly get your life taken mm-hmm. you're putting us through this roller coaster we're in an unfamiliar state and me having to put myself in their shoes i never truly experienced the own, my own shoes that i was walking in which ended up creating underlying and deep rooted issues that i've had to identify later on in my later 20s you know which is a whirlwind within itself mm-hmm. where we finally start to uncover you know our education and our growth process and what it is that we wanna do and with every level is a new um, person that we're supposed to introduce ourselves to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if we're always constantly focused on improvement, then we should be introducing ourselves to somebody better um, than we once were. But when you're struggling through this, these traumatic experience that have lingered on that we've never identified, how can we truly grow when this is all we know, Mm -hmm. right? Which is hurt and, and grief and anguish and focusing on others, which is great, but we could never really catapult ourselves into our dreams or our lifestyle that we wanna live by not identifying those vulnerabilities.
0: And that pain.
1: And that pain, yeah.
0: Wow. (laughs) Um, Y'all can't see me over here, but I'm ready to become emotional. Just because I just related to that so much. And it's true. I mean, I remember fights with my siblings. And they would tell me, like, you don't understand Mm. what we're going through. Or we're not all strong like you. Mm. And it was... Frustrating for me because I knew that I was going through the same pain and hurt they were. But I felt that showing that, that being another kind of like person down, you know, then there would be no one else to pick us all up. And so I felt I have to mask this and bury it and move try to move forward all along with frustration of trying to understand why they kept making certain choices that weren't good for them um one of my brothers was a troublemaker and so i'd get calls like oh come get your brother he got in this he got in that and i would just be like why is he doing this to me Mm. right i was in this place where i felt Here I am, this 23-year-old, I'm putting myself to school, working two jobs, and trying to raise you guys, and y'all are doing this to me, but not realizing that it had nothing to do with me. It was them trying to deal with their own pain that in their eyes in that moment, I couldn't understand or relate because I wasn't showing vulnerability. I wasn't showing that I was hurt. I was showing that I was okay. And I remember conversations where one or both my brothers would tell me, like, just because you're fine doesn't mean that I'm fine. And I would try to explain to them, like, I'm actually not fine. I'm just trying to get us through. And they're like, yeah, well, that's not what it looks like. Because I wasn't showing that there was times I got in the car and I cried my eyes out. There was times that I just couldn't anymore. But I wasn't showing that I was doing what my mom taught me, which was wiping my tears and moving forward and, okay, I got to do this, I got to do that now. I didn't have that or I didn't allow myself, I'm sure I would have had it, but I didn't allow myself to have that space to process and to grieve. And I'm sure in the moment of you going to the Navy and making this decision, like you said earlier, it was just, I'm trying to do what's best for my sisters. I'm trying to make sure that there don't. there's no other mouth that has to be fed here mm-hmm. so that they can be taken care of. But in their eyes, was like, you're leaving us too?
1: Right, exactly, exactly.
0: And I remember a conversation with my little brother one time, and it was the first time that he wasn't, like, attitude or yelling, but he said that, I wish you would have died with mom. Fuck. And it hit me. Ah. Like, it literally hit me because I was like, damn, like, that... That's horrible, you know. It was, it was a horrible pain I felt because I felt like I've sacrificed a part of my life to raise you guys. And yeah. that's how you repay me. Yeah. And But later on, we had a conversation about it that was more meaningful. And he said that, I feel like when mom died, you were also, like, not there. Mm. And I told, you know, when he said that to me, I thought, okay, well, he's talking about me not being physically present right so then I would tell him like well brother what did you want me to do like I had to finish school I had to work like I had to do this for you guys like yeah and he's like I get that but even when you were here you weren't here right and I thought back after that conversation and it's true like I your my navy was school like I buried myself in it and I was like Graduated with straight A's and I got into this like prestige master's program, and I did all these things mm-hmm. because school was something I always loved, but I buried, buried myself in it to kind of deal with it. And so I'd come home, and it wasn't like I didn't allow myself to have a moment with them. It was more like, all right, there's dinner. I got to go study, make, yeah. brush your teeth, go to bed, blah, 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 yeah. you know, and it, I never paused. I never paused to be like, hey, let's sit with each other. Let's sit with each other's feelings, with each other's energies. I wasn't allowing myself to do that. And I wondered with frustration and irritation so much, why are they so distant from me? Why can't we have this unity? Why can't they understand that I'm doing this for them? And it's not that they understood I'm still waiting for the day though when they're my age or that get that age because they're not there yet, and they'll be like, oh, dang. Like, you know, what she had was a big responsibility. But I'm seeing now that it's not that they didn't understand part of it. Yeah, it was. They were kids. They were boys. They didn't really get what my new role was. But it's that they wanted that comfort and love and that big sister hug kind of person and I always love on them physically hug them kiss them they're like get off of me (laughs) um but I wasn't fully present I know I wasn't because I was trying so hard to suppress my pain because if I showed that then there wasn't anyone strong that would take care of them yeah I didn't believe I guess that I could be strong and vulnerable that I could be strong and show them a little bit of my pain and my weakness Until I had to go through my own development, Mm -hmm. through my own just growth, I went through my own therapy. Now I'm a therapist that can say I sat on that chair. Um, (laughs) I wrote a book. Like I went through like my things to just be like, okay, like, and and it's different now. Now they're getting a little older. I live a couple miles away now, so it's we don't get to see each other every day. But the connection we've are starting to build now is different because I'm allowing myself to tell them like I'm going through it too or I'm feeling down today yeah. or I miss you guys i I didn't even do that I didn't I told them I love them but it, it was just like I love you guys okay, go to bed it wasn't like me being vulnerable and emotional right. with them which I totally can be that's who I am and why I'm in the field I'm in sure. But I felt that if I showed them that, then they would feel like, oh, well, if you're weak, too, then who the hell has our back right now? Yeah. Yeah. I I took the role and responsibility I was given totally different. And so that's a little bit about how I related right. to... You know, I
1: felt, um not only did I see it on, on your face, but I felt your energy when you said what your brother said to you, you know, and... I just I say that to say because I know people are listening and this is a very listening type of um, situation that you know we're providing a realm, you know. But um, I just want you know the listeners to know that I felt the heavy heartedness of a situation like that, and um, it kind of led me to think or reminisce on a very uh, significant lyric. Um, from Common, who is a rapper I love from Chicago. Common. And he says, um, I guess knowing that I'm weak is when I'm really being strong. Mm-hmm. Right? So, when we're finally able to understand that our weakness and identifying it is a strength, is when we can truly step into who it is that we're supposed to com- become. Right? Now, going back to what you were saying about your experience with um, your brothers, as an older sibling, we're already naturally put into a leadership role.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: if we're in a leadership role and all we hear, whether from our mom, um, I'm sure in this case from our mom, lead by example, right? So that lead by example was at the forefront of our memory and it was it what is what drove us. Mm-hmm. So, and I can relate and I say us because I'm sure, almost sure that this is kind of um it, it aligns where it was like just look at my accolades, just follow by instruction, just do what I'm doing and everything will be okay. You know, because in life a lot of what it is that we aspire to do is geared towards income is geared towards survival. And if we can accumulate these accolades and these um, this level of focus to where we're on the right path or the path that we're su- deemed by society to supposed to trek, then to some degree we have it all figured out because we're following the path. Mm-hmm. So all you were doing was staying the course and set, and hoping by example, that they would follow your lead, mm-hmm. but in reality, they could give a damn about your accolades. Ultimately, they wanted to know that you felt what they felt, and even though that you did,
0: they didn't see it. They
1: didn't see it because you know you wanted to uplift the situation and not grieve, because what at least what I think were products of our our environment. You know, so Mm -hmm. if we're in a, an environment of loneliness and sadness and, you know, for lack of all these terms, just going through the mud, you know. Yeah. um,
0: Going through the motions. Then
1: we got to, we got to find some way to break free. Right. And. You know, your obsessions ultimately become your possessions. So if you become obsessed about altering the negative for positive, then it's just like, yo, follow this because this is what's working for me right now. And that's all I got for you. You know, but that weight weighs heavy. Mm -hmm. You know, so that it's crazy for us to kind of have that conversation because it's rare that I do have a conversation and I appreciate y'all for listening to, you know, to us kind of, uh, you know, kick back and, um, you know, be expressive. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to really kind of put a put a bow on something like that. It's just something that we're always going to be in a constant state of learning. I don't feel like I've arrived. I feel like I'm continuously trying to openly identify myself who I am who I'm supposed to be what type of impact I'm supposed to have Um, but ultimately I know that it's going to be greater than what it has been because of those experiences Mm -hmm. and because I I was put in some situation like that at a very young age you know so that is what is going to hold greater impact for whether it be our listeners, whether it be your clientele, or whether it be the people that I interact with on a daily basis. Because now we can come from a position of familiarity.
0: Exactly.
1: You know, or um, a position of like, I feel you, right? Even though that isn't always the best way to say what you're feeling is okay because I feel you. Because going back to say that all hurt is hurt, There's no Mm -hmm. levels to it. I don't know. Take it from from here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, okay, so I'll be honest with y'all. Anthony and I did not know where this conversation would lead. But I like where it led because... We talked a little bit about what has kind of brought us together since we met, some mm-hmm. things that we ended up realizing we had in common. Um, but it goes with the whole purpose of, of why I started Acantrenos. It goes with, I think, both of our um, purposes of like wanting to continue to grow and to become better versions of ourselves. Um, all while hopefully influencing and and motivating others around us. Um, And so hopefully our conversation and our story that, perdón que no pude transmitir en español todo el tiempo, porque pues fue mucho y fue muchas emociones, um, mucha plática que, que no se pudo explicar palabra por palabra en español. Pero... Yo sé que muchos de ustedes entienden, so de todos modos van a disfrutar de esta conversación. Um, but it's just a conversation that I feel like meant something to us having together, but yeah. will touch and will and many will relate whether they've lost a the parent or not, whether whatever it is, whatever it is they're going through in their pathway. Um with their own self-growth and right. and learning how to be vulnerable and um, relating to life and knowing, like you said, that you don't know what's to come and you know that you haven't arrived yet, but that it will be greater than what is now and what it was, um, especially from everything that you've been through. And my mom actually used to say um, that you don't stop learning until you die because mm. uh, we used to you know be typical little kids like i don't want to go to school today why do <laughs> i gotta learn and then she'd talk about how like not just school but just everything that we deal with in this world in the society should be a learning experience yeah. um and that it was yeah. important to continue to grow and sure. that we would stop growing once we were in her Spanish word, six feet under. Seis right. pies abajo es cuando ya paras de aprender, pero siempre los obstáculos y las cosas de la vida siempre nos hará tener que aprender, nos guste o no, siempre hay algo que aprender de nuestras experiencias.
1: You know, it's all too common heard that, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? That's so true. And when do, when does that actually stop? Right. So from 11 to 23, there's significant growth there, not only physical, but mental. Mm-hmm. Right. 23 to 33. There's another level of growth there, whether it be professionally, we finally landed that job. Right. And now we're in a you know somewhat of a, a mundane lifestyle because we're now in a routine. Are we still constantly growing and doing what it took to get us there? You know, so going back to us, maybe in our leadership roles for our siblings, and some would say, enjoy it while you can, because before you know it, they're going to be your age, right? And they're mm-hmm. going to be grown. And then it's like, well, when does that actually stop for all of us, right? When does that growth process truly stop? And it should never. But a lot of times when we get comfortable, we stop allowing ourselves to grow because we do not want to stretch ourselves to really endure some of the pain that it takes to get out of the comfort zone, right? Or our habits.
0: Which is very, 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 very common for people. Yes. Everyone yes. happens to...
1: Into. Settle
0: and fall into that comfort. I think I know I've done it. We've all done it, and but it's about I think realization that you're there, mm-hmm. and if you want more for yourself, yeah. you get yourself out of that um, place. I think
1: for I, sure. And I feel like this is kind of a crazy marker, you know, us recording this at this time. You know, this is my first recording of a podcast, um, but my mom passed at thirty one. I'm 30, right? I'll be 31 this year. So here I am, you know, 14 years later, still reflecting on something that has taken so much, um, not only out of me, but has put into me because of who I've had to become to endure how significant that is, Mm -hmm. right? Now, you said you don't stop. Growing or you don't stop learning until you die and I've heard it put where some of the richest places on earth are cemeteries unfortunately and Going back to if you're not growing you're you're dying and always constantly introducing yourself as You know your next best version because a lot of these people who are now buried six feet under they got buried with their hopes and dreams
0: And with their stressors and obstacles and things that they didn't allow themselves to
1: process. Exactly. Exactly. So with that being said, right? I'm not trying to close nothing. We can go (laughs) on. But with that is always be willing to stretch yourself. Always be willing to endure the pain. Um, Because pain isn't not always suffering. Pain is growth. Pain is uh, refining who it is that you're supposed to become because mentally, you can truly endure it if you practice what it takes to endure it and how you can switch and fake your mind out um, to go through, you know, what truly may hurt. And I know that's kind of kind of contradicting to us talking about suppressing. But if we identify it and we know what it is, right, we can hit it nail on the head and say, I got this. You know, come Mm -hmm. at me, bro. (laughs)
0: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I think, well, that's what it is, right? Connecting with that part of us, being able to identify it. I feel like that's kind of the only way we could face a little bit. Of yeah. what we're going through, come to realization of where we want to be better, of where we need growth or we would like to grow, of what we still haven't dealt with.
1: Right. Um
0: That's because huge. even when you feel you've dealt with things, something still is somewhere in there, suppressed from a time, and it'll come up. Mm-hmm. It will. It always will. Yeah. Um and so we're constantly aside from growing is sort of like checking ourselves checking in with ourselves and seeing what is yeah. it that we're feeling what is it that we're dealing with yeah what is it that we need to deal with it's a, all along
1: it's an accountability and whole
0: journey mm-hmm. accountability
1: you know to me a lot of times i have um, an accountability mirror you know where i have those real nitty gritty conversations with myself And
0: I like that accountability mirror, you know, and I tell
1: myself, yo, you are acting like A, B and C right now and you need to freaking stop wallowing in your own self pity and you need to freaking get hard, (laughs) you know, and sometimes, yeah, like you need to harden yourself to not repel what it is that you're supposed to feel. But that accountability mirror is you uncovering those feelings and identifying for them for what they are. And once you identify them, then you can start sniping them. you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I'm using this in, in military terms. But I was it's about so, to say, this is some Navy It's so conversation. relatable. You know? <laughs> it's so relatable. it's how I would talk to one of my bros. It's how I would talk to um, one of my clients or my teammates. Um because it's, it's kind of all I know, you know. And unfortunately, the things that we've spoken about has hardened us. But I think um, me having my faith in God has what has softened me from an understanding of love one another, you know, um, fundamental as fundamental as you can put it but i think i could always go back to my faith and my belief in it's not in my own hands it's in his hands because he knows the path already that's made out for me you know he has already these plans for me so here i am i'm a vessel mm-hmm. you know and so if i could lead out and walk on this path you know, then whoever it is that I come into into interact with, you know, I can meet them for who they are, opposed to what I foresee them as who they may project themselves and who they're supposed to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was a mouthful, but no,
0: I got it. I related for sure, especially with the whole faith thing, because I went through a process where I was mad at God. So I was kind of like, religion is a no for me no more Uh because I was this. So I had this idea that if I was this perfect daughter and Catholic and friend and sibling, then somehow, you know, I could overcome or not deal with any more pain just because we had been through a lot like growing up and so i felt that when he took my mom it was unfair and it was kind of like like here i was this perfect catholic child Mm -hmm. and you did this to me you know that like why me um so i had to reconnect with my faith and and find well i found i felt closer to my mom through my faith and and it was a way to right. going back just to deal with that grief that I felt was my own lonely journey because I, in that moment, felt that if I shared that grief journey with my siblings and tried to connect with them, they would, then I would be this weak person that couldn't. Yeah. They would be like, "Well, how are you going to take care of me if you're or you're crying or whatever it is yeah. you're going through?" So it was like I grieved separately while they grieved more together, which kind of made that division between us and right. the way I dealt with my grief aside from trying to bury it and and all my responsibilities but I had to find my way back to to God to faith and then I found cl- a little bit of closure I guess but also more connected to my mom. And what she represented, even though she was no longer here physically, but from right. wherever she was, so I definitely can relate.
1: to If that. anybody can relate to that, what I took from it is close that gap, mm-hmm. right? Stop trying to do it all by yourself and close the gap and mm-hmm. find unity and strength in familia.
0: I know. I I'm discover Well, I, I I'm de- we definitely have that going more now. Um, but I had to, it took me a couple of years because yeah. at first I thought, you know, I have to be this strong warrior, una guerrera, because mm-hmm. that's what my mom represented, right. and what she was So I hate to close it here because I know that we can go forever. (laughs) Um, But our episode would probably be like three hours long. Um, So we will definitely have – they totally would listen, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Would you guys listen? I'm pretty sure you would. But we will definitely have Anthony back again for another episode because I really enjoyed this conversation. And it was a little different from other episodes. Um, Some of them have been by myself. A lot of them are kind of tell my story segments where people just kind of share a little bit of who they are, Um, always tying it a little bit to mental health and what we deal with in life. But this was just a conversation and I wasn't too much of an interviewer and it was just both of us sharing and so it was nice. So I definitely want to do this again. Me van a tener que perdonar porque no dije tanto de lo que dijimos en español nos perdimos un poquito en la conversación uh, hablando de nuestras mamás que las dos fallecieron hablando de nuestra conexión um, con nuestro presentimiento con todo lo que hemos vivido en nuestro dolor y como hemos procesado las cosas de la vida pero espero que escuchen y que puedan encontrar una conexión aunque mucho de la conversación sea en inglés y bueno pues mi gente ahí los dejo con nuestra conversación Thank you all for listening to this episode. There there will be more episodes with Anthony for sure. Thank you, Anthony, for being yeah, on my show. Yeah, I really you. appreciate this conversation. Um,
1: if anybody wants to connect with me or if anybody resonates with some of this story, um, Instagram would probably be the best handle. At Ant San Miguel. At Ant San Miguel. <laughs> Say what's up. Tell me that uh, some of this resonated. If it did, if not, throw a thumb in there. And uh, yeah.
0: Yes, for sure. I was just about to ask you, where can people <laughs> find you? But he jumped into it for sure, which is great. Um, you guys definitely want to follow him and reach out. And even if you don't reach out, he really does put some great content out there, relatable stuff. Um, or just sometimes a quote here or there or or a funny meme that like lightens up our days 'cause we're all going through stressors and obstacles, and right. society puts a lot on our plate sometimes, and it's kind of good to to have those people on your on your network circles to that just kind of lighten things Up a little bit, and he definitely is someone that does that. If you follow him, thank so you. thank you guys again for joining us. Y como siempre, gracias por seguir escuchando. Los amo y los aprecio mucho. As always, thank you for listening. I love and appreciate all of you. Um, I know that I'm not on top of two, three episodes a month like other podcasts because, well, y'all know life gotta work, <laughs> gotta gotta do things, responsibilities, but. I am going to continue with this project for as long as I can because I truly, it truly is something I enjoy and that I think is necessary. Um, voy a seguir siempre teniendo este podcast, aunque no siempre ponga uh, muchos episodios mensuales porque creo que es algo importante para representar nuestra comunidad. A um, mí estoy muy orgullosa de este proyecto y espero que disfruten este episodio con Anthony y conmigo. Um, today there's not much chisme del día. Um, I don't know if you've heard my episodes, Anthony, but there's always chisme at the end of each episode <laughs> where we talk about things going on in the world and society. Um, but because our episode is a little long and I want to leave it to end where it ended because it was it was a good conversation. We won't have too much chisme. Um, I just want to say wash your hands because there's mm. all this stuff going on with this mm-hmm. virus. Who knows what's true, what's not. I hope you guys voted. And that you continue to represent your community. Representar la comunidad que es importante para los que tenemos privilegios, estar presente y votar y um, decir lo que es necesario para que las cosas cambien. Um, Continue to make a difference in the lives of others. Live in passion, follow your dreams. Reach out for your goals, love on each other. There's so much hate and just pain in this world. And so it's really important to lead with love. If anyone is interested in sharing their story, would like to get on here and have a conversation with me or know of anyone that is, um, or even just simply have feedback or episode ideas, please contact me. You can email me at fam at gmail.com or reach out me to me via Instagram or Facebook, also acá entre nos podcast or acá entre nos. Um, thank you guys for being here. Si alguien está interesado en compartir su historia o conoce a alguien que lo es, simplemente tienen ideas de un episodio o comentarios que me quieran dar, contáctenme. Me pueden encontrar um, via correo electrónico acá entre nos fam at gmail.com o comunicarse conmigo a través de las redes sociales Instagram y el facebook until next time hasta la próxima thank you so much for joining us today would you like to say bye anthony you blessings all right thank you